Welcome to the Political R&D Podcast. After you finish listening, we would really appreciate it if you gave us a rating on iTunes and Google Play to help other listeners find our show. We are taking Political R&D to the next level. Our programming will now include more frequent podcasts, including interviews that challenge and inform. We're also bringing new writers to cover the politics in everything. Please consider becoming a patron. Your support will help us improve, increase, and pay for the content you enjoy. You can find us on Patreon at PoliticalRND or link through our website at politicalrnd.ca. Now, let's get political. Awesome. Welcome back to. Mm. You're working on your other intro, <laughs> right? Welcome back to Political R and D. I'm Deirdre Mitchell McLean, and I'm Mark Taylor. And today's episode is "Don't Stop Me Now." We're going to look at what's been going on during COVID, more particularly with laws that Kenny is trying to bring in, and what that kind of means for the country, really. We started with a premise, didn't we? Yeah, we were taking a look at, you know, is Jason Kenney trying to run Canada from Edmonton? Right. Yeah, so that's <laughs> kind of where we started, and where does it go from there? <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, the whole premise of uh, don't stop me now, it's like, you know, we might be in a bit of a pandemic. Well, we're now, you know, as of maybe when this thing comes out, we'll be in phase two or stage two or some sort of two. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be there um with the whole pandemic and we've got an economy that's not doing so well but hey let's let's not stop the fight with ottawa and the fight with justin trudeau and the fight with uh uh the liberals because you know nothing makes jason kenny happier than to be in these pissy matches with yes yes the East. yeah and so the other thing that kind of started this and i guess let's let's start with that one because there's a lot more history with it um Angela Pitt, MLA for Airdrie East, shared a post the other day asking what people thought of an autonomous province. And she was using the uh, province of South Tyrol, uh, which is a, it's a province in Italy. And I'll go, I'll go with some of that history because the history is really interesting. This province, South Tyrol, used to belong to the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and after World War I, Italy annexed South Tyrol itself. So the makeup of individuals there are, uh, I'm not going to say primarily Austro-Hungarian, but they were when it was first annexed. And there's also all of these Italian-speaking individuals, so there's kind of been this fight over whose responsibility the province is. Is it, is it Italy's responsibility? Because Austria is still uh, playing protector for the Austrian individuals that live there. Um, also, so, so there's been turmoil with where they actually belong because of the makeup of the country. Also because of the history. So 
besides that, Mark, you looked at it in terms of the present situation and what that could mean. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't rabbit hole on the history because after, especially now that you've <laughs> described the history, that has zero parallels with Alberta. It's, yes, not, like yes, it, it's not like Canada annexed <laughs> Alberta from the U.S. and we've been, we've been trying to get back to Texas ever since. Like, yeah. it's just not, <laughs> that's not the situation. We all think we're Texas North. Well, at least yeah. a large number of people here in Calgary think we're Texas North. But, um, <laughs> but that's not, the history wasn't it. What I found interesting was how they govern themselves. And so they've, they've got this weird little um, mandate that basically they're independent of Italy for anything that's not explicitly stated in the Italian constitution as being the scope of responsibility of the federal Italian government. And I'm like, now that's where things get interesting because this is, this is the parallel they're looking at. This is the parallel well, somebody is looking at because yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> you don't float them out as an example going, what if, what if Alberta were to become independent, not, not to succeed from Canada, just be independent from Canada. How could right. we do that? And so there's this model they've gone, somebody with a political history background has gone looking for this, mm -hmm. found what they were looking for, and has said, we could do this in Alberta. This yeah. is an option. <laughs> but it's interesting because Italy has a very set list of what's in their constitution, of what's the responsibility of the federal Italian government. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, does Canada have the same thing? And the answer is yes. Yes, we do. A lot of it's marine oriented, you know, like we, you know, the, the government would be in charge of all the lighthouses in Alberta. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're willing to let them have that. <laughs> and marine harbors. And, like there's a lot of water related things that we just, because we're landlocked, we don't have. Right. And so that list got pretty short after that. And so I, I'm, I'm thinking there's somebody who thinks that it's a good idea that Alberta become an independent state of Canada. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the other things that I did discover is, uh, so it was 1948 that it actually became an autonomous province. Um, the big thing that I'm certain is more the impetus for the idea of Alberta becoming an autonomous province is that the South Tyrol is able to, uh, they negotiated that they would keep 90% of the tax income in the province. That sounds like motivation. That's the motivation. But it's like, like I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, we have a provincial tax. We keep 100% of that provincial tax in our province. Mm -hmm. The idea that a provincial government is going to raise taxes on our businesses considering we just dropped them, you know, to as, as much as we possibly could. Um, I don't see, because there's always this, we send billions and billions and billions to Ottawa, right? That's always the argument. But the Alberta government will not require companies or individuals to pay this in the first place. So these tax dollars that people think will be available for Alberta spending are not going to be available for Alberta spending. They'll be available for individual spending, for company spending. But 
why people think that that's going to go into the treasury of Alberta, it's ridiculous because Alberta will never charge them that much. Right. So the argument that, well, if we could just stop sending these billions, well, we could, and everyone would keep their own. It's not going to go into the pres- into the treasury. That won't happen. Yeah. Brett, Brett Wilson does not want uh, Alberta to be independent so that he can pay the taxes that he pays now to the Alberta government. That's <laughs> not the plan. Well, I, I, w- I would argue Brett Wilson's got a really good accountant, probably doesn't pay a lot of taxes anyway. But, I would. Uh, but... No, I mean, this, this gets back into the, the typical drum beating that we've heard from especially conservatives about how much money we send Ottawa. Yes. And, you know, somebody's probably figured out, well, if we take all the money that we send to Ottawa, but we keep 90% of it, well, our debt will be gone in no time and everything <laughs> will be rosy and we can, we can build multiple pipelines. And, and they, they know segregation from Canada isn't possible. But operating in an independent state might be. Now, I don't know how the mechanics of that works. I don't know how you would, you know, do you have to put a plebiscite out or can, can you know, the Grand Puba call Premier just arbitrarily decide it? One, I don't know any of this stuff. I mean, probably should go find a constitutional lawyer. We know. Might be able to answer these things. But, but it's, it's the same drum, just beaten differently. It's like we're just trying to find a new way to keep the money in Alberta. And it's like, that's, that's not how, you know, confederation works, but someone's trying to figure out how to rewrite those things. And right. Well, and I did, I did check again because after, after looking at, at how South Tyrol came to be, I thought, is there, you know, was, was Alberta forced to join confederation? And so I did a little bit of background on that and, and no, but it does say I have to I have to read this directly on the Government of Canada website. Well, it's already jaded. That's Canadian. That's I know. Canadian. I know. You got you to find a source that's from Alberta. Wilfrid Laurier. <laughs> I'm quoting now. Wilfrid Laurier wanted to avoid giving too much power to Western Canada, and he divided the Buffalo province or divided divided the Buffalo into two provinces instead. And I was like. Oh, really? Like they've, they've left that up there. Yeah. So it, it says exactly that. Oh, um, that, ex- that explains the, the <laughs> uh, Buffalo declaration. So yes, yes, it does. Um, <laughs> it's a different Buffalo. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. But when Kenny's actually talking about the Buffalo, he's really not, he's really talking about bison. He just wants to use the word and seem hip. But the whole reason that, Alberta and Saskatchewan became part of Confederation was because at the time they were concerned about the U.S. trying to increase their land. So that was the other reason why we came in. Plus, at the time, there were less than a thousand non-Aboriginal people living in Alberta. So this was a this was something that was decided a long, long, long time ago. And when they did that, they did it for the benefit of their lands yeah yeah we know how that ended up but i'm but alberta was not forced to join confederation as i've said many times before that's a different podcast it is i know (laughs) um but the other thing too uh with like with that autonomy so uh policy options put out an article in october early october 2019 and they were talking about how provinces 
have tried to get more autonomy. So obviously they were starting with Quebec, but you've got Ontario, Alberta, Saskatchewan fighting the carbon tax. Uh, you have Alberta also trying to fight C69 and equalization. BC is fighting pipelines. Quebec was fighting pipelines. So you have the federal government being able to try and, and cover everything, try to govern from the standpoint of Canada as a whole. Uh, it, it's not going over well with the provinces right now anyway. And Alberta's really not, it's, we're, we're not exactly an outlier if, if you think about the other things that are going on. Yeah, but I mean, when you say like BC's fighting pipelines, you know, BC's fighting against pipelines where yes. Alberta was fighting for pipelines, which, yes. you know, and then so the, the federal government has to come in and, you know, do what's best for, all, for uh, Canada. Well, mm -hmm. the problem with the government is that it's run by politicians and <laughs> they, they don't necessarily always do what's in best of good governance. They usually do what's in best interest for us. And at the end of the day, there's, you know, 37 seats in uh alberta 37 33 37 37 yeah uh and bc has more <laughs> yes <laughs> and the other one is, is that they have a chance of winning seats in bc where i don't know if the liberals will ever win a seat again in alberta i don't like not yeah. under not under not under trudeau but and so that's kind of but that's but that's where asking that question what happens if you know alberta were to somehow manage to negotiate this autonomous state. Well, what if BC turns around and says, you know what, we want to be an autonomous state too. Oh, well, that, that's almost immaterial to the argument because, you know, this, this is, and, you know, is it Jason Kenney? Sure, why not? This is, this is his plan. He doesn't care if BC separates. He, like, he, he's, he's looking, or, sorry, become autonomous, not separate. Yes. Um, you know, he's looking at, you know, is it, or whoever it is, is looking at Saskatchewan and Man or Saskatchewan and Alberta becoming Buffalo again. Yeah. That, that somehow that this would be the, um, the power in the West. Uh, who cares if our pipeline, like, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to change whether our pipelines make it to uh, the shore or not. Uh, but we could definitely uh, have more control on what we do with our taxes and what we could do with, you know, some of the social issues like education, health, mm. like those are the things that they're looking at right now. Not, you know, how do we play nice in the sandbox? Cause this is not a crew that play nice in the sandbox on a good day. They don't play nice yeah. in the Alberta sandbox. They don't play nice in the Canadian sandbox. And I mean, they're, but, they're, and there's so many things that they're doing to set this up. Like there are. we, we had to create our own parole board. Yes. Which, which like I dug into a little and it's like, we're not talking like hundreds of cases that this is like, it's all the cases that are two years less a day that are completely under provincial uh, jurisdiction, but we needed a separate parole board just for them. And the rationale is, it's like, well, that'll keep criminals from reoffending because we've got a bunch of people who are breaking into farms and this will keep them. Well, okay. Well, first of all, um, you've already assumed they're guilty and they should just be in jail for two years period two years less a day um and and that's it like and and it's not even they're going to make sure that they aren't out within six months yeah but it's like this this is their biggest beef with all this and right. so it's like so we're, we're going to create our own parole board 
because Canadian one isn't good enough. We've got our own firearms, you know, advisory committee because, you know, we. Oh, I need that one. (laughs) You go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this was so much fun because when we started to hear about the provincial firearms officials that Alberta is going to make their own and Saskatchewan is going to make their own. And, and there's a whole bunch of, let's say pro gun advocates. I, I want to say, but they're personal advocates. They aren't, I haven't seen any groups really pop up about this, but there's all these people that are super excited about this because Alberta gets to make its own decisions or Saskatchewan gets to make its own decisions. But fun fact in 2013, the Canadian Shooting Sports Association uh, petitioned Stephen Harper to ab- abolish all of the provincial firearms offices. So they didn't, they wanted it centralized. They petitioned Harper because they were on an advisory panel, uh, actually, a number of individuals from the Canadian Shooting Sports Association, and they had advised the government to loosen restrictions on prohibited weapons. And Harper was like, this is so good. Uh, Harper was like, no, no, that doesn't, that doesn't align with the goals of this government. And we're not like, that's just a ridiculous thing. They booted a bunch of those guys off the panel, replaced them with police chiefs and stuff. But anyways, they successfully lobbied the federal government to get rid of the provincial firearms officers. So it's kind of funky that, you know, five years later, the provinces are bringing them back again as if it's some sort of, you know, autonomous joy that they can do this well i mean one part of it is because jason kent or um, justin trudeau put 1500 new weapons on the uh on the on the ban list well and that's not going to change if we have our own firearms officer i know but it's (laughs) it's got you gotta look like you're doing something because you know you know and the language coming out of this government was already you know like you might as well just slapped an nra sticker on it because it's like you know (laughs) Criminals, criminals don't follow the code. Criminals don't use legal, like it's, you know, like somehow. Criminals don't care which guns are illegal. Yeah, we're we're trying to defend, you know, law-abiding citizens, which still didn't change the question of why does the law-abiding citizen need an AR-15? Like, are you that bad of a shot when you're out hunting a deer? They did say, they did say deer hunting, yeah. Yeah, try a different sport. (laughs) (laughs) like it's like and so it's 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 partially red meat for the base yes that ottawa's trying to take our guns no they're not trying to take your 30 odd six you can still go (laughs) hunting like (laughs) they're trying to take your ar-15 two different both like it's two different things oh you know and and please register it okay (laughs) if you're (laughs) law-abiding like like it's just insane so, but it's just another one of those things where it's like, we have to have our own thing, regardless, you know, who cares if Harper said that this wasn't needed? Justin Trudeau's doing something. So now we're, now we need it now. Like <laughs> now it's, we need it. Yeah. When Big Papa Stephen was prime minister, we're okay. If Big Papa Stephen says we don't yeah. need these things, then it's fine. <laughs> but mean old Justin Trudeau's coming. It's like, come on guys, really? But <laughs> it's... This this is this is why Jason Kenney is trying to run Ottawa from Edmonton. The other reason is is that there's such a level of incompetence in the federal conservatives right now that someone has to run that party. 
Someone Jason's has to be the official opposition federally. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's being a little busy being premier, so he's just kind of doing this on the side of his desk. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy for him to do, and he we saw the same thing during the health crisis when he said that he was just going to uh, he was going to bypass Canada Health and do his own testing and decide like which drugs we can have in Alberta, and it was like ah. Uh, um, I don't know. Did we talk about that? I think we briefly talked about it, but it was just the insanity of like, <laughs> we're just going to completely disregard Health Canada. Right. Thing. Like, we'll, we'll just go get some KN95. You know, th th they stink a little, <laughs> but they're just as good as an N95 mask. Because Jason went and got them for us. Like, because <laughs> Jason saved the day. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just the same BS over and over again. Like, it is it bothered me a lot with the idea that we were going to bypass Canada health or try to, because growing up, I would always see, you know, these drugs that might be available in the U S but were not yet available in Canada. And it seemed to me that Canada kind of sat back and waited and did their own human trials from afar and just watched what happened in the States. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a couple of years, but during that time, that's when you see, if you, if you watch American television, you see all of those late night uh, ads on that, you know, if you've taken this and if you've had these side effects, then join this class action. Yeah. And so they seem to approve things quite quickly down there in order to start making money. I'm not sure. Economy boost, let's call well, it. Well, I, I mean, you can point to even the, the tests is that, you know, the, you know, can't, one of Kenny's comments are we're going to circumvent uh, uh, Health Canada if the CDC says it's okay. Right. And it's yeah. like, yeah, except for the CDC approved a ton of tests without, like, they waived their their criteria right. to, in order to get the tests out there. And then they didn't work. Tests didn't work. <laughs> it's like we could have had that here in Alberta. Like, lucky us. We could have had the tests that didn't work in Alberta. We could have thrown millions of dollars at a U.S. Yeah. company, too. Yeah, it's, I, I started to think that that's what Health Canada was doing, was just watching to see if it doesn't go well. They never let us, they never let Canadians take it anyway. Yep. And I know that people get pissy, oh, there's this drug that might help me. I understand that, you know, if, if it's affecting you personally, your family. At the same time, having lived in the States, there are so so many class action suits that go on on a regular basis down there it's scary to think well, that you could take something that yeah in two years time is going to cause you you know heart failure and stuff and, and there's nothing that can be done by then except there, joining a class action suit there's you know and it's not just the class action lawsuits and how litigious their system is mm -hmm. but it's also the amount of money that goes into lobbying and you know, does that drug company get that thing to the front of the line? Does it get surpassed by the FDA because um, somebody insisted on it? I'm trying to remember if I think it was Rumsfeld at one point was like the head, like there was the conspiracy around aspartame. And it was like, they, they dug it back into and it's like Donald Rumsfeld was the head of the FDA uh, at the time of aspartame being approved. And it's like, now everyone's like, you know, and aspartame had to go and rebrand because just, there was one thing after another that didn't make it look good. Now, now you, you sit there and go, well, you know, the FDA, it's a government agency. It's got to do well. It's like, 
yeah, except that it's <laughs> it Very becomes a landing point with political and and you know all the influence can come in through lobbying. So you know, I'm I'm happy to say maybe Alberta or Health Canada is a bit of a laggard, but last I haven't heard of anybody ever lobbying Health Canada to do anything. That didn't sound like a landing point for a former MP anywhere. Right, right. And that's, and that's a good thing. I feel a little bit safer when I'm taking something in Canada because I know, well, we've, I, it, it does, it sounds bad to say, but we've basically let the, you know, the American people be test subjects for two years. And then we've decided, okay, this is safe. We'll, we'll take it. I always thought that. I don't think Americans would appreciate being the I know, right? guinea pigs. But... <laughs> I, well, uh, they take but, the stuff. This could one, also be why I don't like taking medication. <laughs> so one of the other things that I noticed that fit into this trend that's happened here in the last little bit, you sent me the article, was um, Diane Francis. Yeah. Writing so nonpartisan. Diane oh, Francis. yeah. I, I, sat in cab, I sat in cabinet with Jason Kenney. Uh, writes this article for the National Post, which has got this huge track record of being on top of being everything. And being super unbiased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rex Murphy. Woohoo! Um, she prints this uh, editorial of how Jason Kenney is stepping in to, uh, you know... Fill the down, void. Fill the void of foreign affairs because <laughs> there's such a gap in, in Ottawa. Yeah. It's like, and I'm reading through this and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it, it was so bad. And it I mean, it really was like, oh, you know, we should stop pacing the uh, Security Council seat and, and just, you know, get tough with China, much like our, yeah. our friend Aaron O'Toole is, we're going to get tough with China. And it's like, as you pointed out in previous podcasts, they're too big for us to get tough with. This mm -hmm. isn't standing up to the schoolyard bully. This is trying to stand up to Mike Tyson. Yes. <laughs> he's he going to hit you one. He's going to hit you one hard. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, we, we don't have the political, economic, or any other type of clout that can walk up to China and go, you know what? Screw you. You're going to do exactly what we tell you. It's, it's not, not going to happen. And so, like, where, where people like Diana Francis and and Aaron O'Toole get off thinking that, you know, we can just be this tough guy who could just walk into the neighborhood and, and own the place. It's like, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> and, and it also stands for the big orange Cheeto on the other side of the border. Like we can't, <laughs> we can't do anything in this country with a fear of pissing him off. And he acts irrational, which we've seen time and time again for three years now. Yeah. Irrational is his middle name. Yeah. And we and don't we don't need to be on the receiving end of that. Again. He was lining <laughs> tanks up to come to our border. For no reason. We hadn't even done anything. His rationale was well, China was jumping steel through Canada, and so he needed tanks, tanks. to stop that. Like <laughs> so like we have to negotiate keeping the border closed because it's like you guys are still sick. We yeah. don't want you here. And we've got, you know, tough guy Jason Kenny running around going, well, I don't shut the border sooner. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> not, not only would you have tried, you would have failed and you would have pissed off the human Cheeto. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's impact to that. He would have, you know, Trump's the kind of guy who would have kiboshed Keystone 
just to annoy Jason Kenney. Mm -hmm. Oh, for Cause, sure. Because this isn't ideological for him. He's just, this is something you want? Well, I'm taking it away now and I can do it because I'm bigger than you. That's right. Like we got, we got Tyson in China, we got Tyson in uh, or Hollyfield in the States, however you want to pick your boxers. <laughs> um, let them go at it, but sorry, that's just not going to happen here. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it's something that's, I've kind of noticed with this, what do I want to call it? Um, this attitude that, that some of the premiers have. And on one hand, yes, it feels good to hear Jason Kenney say, I don't think China's been truthful with us. Was that Kenny? It feels kind of good to hear somebody say that. But the thing is, There's Jason Kenney... People have said that China's yeah. not being... But big deal. China well, exactly. Care. China doesn't care what Jason Kenney has to say. Although they did... Uh, the consulate did uh, say a couple of things. And Jason Kenney doesn't mean anything to China. Exactly. Trudeau does. So, you know... Jason Kenney can be full of bluster as much as he wants because it doesn't impact foreign affairs. It doesn't impact our foreign policies. And yes, sure, that might, you know, standing on Trudeau's shoulders to say, now I'm tall, that, that's fantastic. But you don't mean anything. Yeah. And, and again, but it's, it's the opportunity for them to fire out those talking points, the to act all tough, to look like what conservatives want them to be mm -hmm. and, and have, have zero go, impact. Gee, wouldn't <laughs> it be great if Jason Kenney was our prime minister and not right? just our premier? <laughs> like, like it's, it's the conservative wet dream. Well, it's a social conservative wet dream, but mm -hmm. it's like, it's not like people are sitting there going, Oh, geez. If, if, uh, that was Jason all sorts of wrong. I just, I have no. to say that was so wrong. Wow. <laughs> Apparently somebody is mowing the lawn near Deirdre's house. <laughs> okay, so go on. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, so, I mean, there's this opportunity for Jason to act all blusterous and, and puff out the chest and look all regal and be the leader the Conservative Party is lacking right now. <laughs> and to what end? Like, like... <laughs> Is he, is he fully expecting that, you know, whoever's next, you know, be it McKay or O'Toole is going to be in and out in less than a year? Or you know, I, I don't understand why. It just, it just seems pointless. Now, no, I'll let you and then I'll throw my okay. what, what if. Well, one of the, so one of the things that really bothered me was when Alberta had given their reopening strategy, which I think was just after Saskatchewan, um, or maybe it was very, very close to the same time, but Ontario, Doug Ford very obviously had absolutely no intention of reopening Ontario's economy anytime soon. And their numbers, you know, uh, respect that decision. Right. Yet, he had to do an about face. And I looked at that and said, who told Doug Ford that he needs to reopen this economy? And why is Doug Ford listening? Yeah. Well, I would say, I would say there's probably less Jason Kenney in that decision. Um, no, I, I, I would argue that he's, I don't think Ford's being influenced. I mean, you get talking, Ford was looking at, you know, good relations with Christina Friedland and the like. So well, and they weren't begging for him to open up the economy. 
No. Um, health-wise, health-wise, Ontario wasn't ready to begin yeah, with. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I, I think that was this a is weird where, week for him. And, yeah, and I think maybe this is just a matter of there. There's some weak people behind the scenes, and I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, small C conservatives have not been. Pardon me, big C conservative parties have not been demonstrating a whole lot of forethought on how they're approaching any of this. Hmm. Like they they've been regurgitating, you know, the the whole mantra that we're hearing of Republicans and you see it <laughs> in the states right now. Like like I I was seeing stuff where they're pointing out that it's like there's like 12 states that have had record numbers for 7 days in a row of COVID. Well, what was 2 weeks ago? Memorial Day. And so <laughs> you know, the, the one graph I saw was like, uh, you know, are the numbers in the States going down? Yes. But when you remove New Jersey, New York, and I think it was two other States numbers are actually going up for everywhere okay. else. So, you know, New York finally got a handle on their things and they're coming down and they're starting to reopen. But I mean, Arizona, Arizona cases were up 65.8%. And I believe it was Tennessee that was up 65.1%. They're, they're having, uh, yeah. It's it's a little bit of a boom, and as many people said, because they reopened the economy too soon. And you've got to remember, too, most of the states, save California, didn't shut down their economies. Yeah. Right? So a lot of them didn't really do anything until much later anyway. So you're talking... Uh, you're talking about a very short time period where they did actually try and put in some restrictions, and most of them were lifted you know, after a very short amount of time. Like, what were we told here? Our, um, your, your time frame on it, which we need to watch as well. Uh, Alberta, Ontario, anywhere that these protests have been going on, it's approximately two weeks from now, two to yep. three weeks, that we're going to see whether or not this has impacted our uh, health situation. Which... Yeah, well, we're, as of Friday, uh, the 12th, we are now officially in stage two or phase two or yes. whatever, two of phase, Alberta's phase. reopening. <laughs> um, and we could be back into phase one by the end of the month. Yeah, Jason Kenny said, don't worry when you see the numbers go up. <laughs> did you, did you listen to that? No, I, 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 I can say I'm been ignorantly blissfully um, secure and you know i i pick up the odd news bit but i don't i've never been to sit through any of dr dina's press conferences nor oh, any wow. so yeah i'm Jeez. i'm that i'm that guy i just <laughs> read the news. um but no i mean like i go back to you know there was we we talked about um uh, it on a pre previous uh episode where angela merkel said here are the conditions mm. if if these, right. if these two of these things happen we're going back full stop like and that's that's what we're missing now you know mm -hmm. and, and again we're, we're now into a completely different podcast than where we started <laughs> but that's what we're missing now in alberta is like we've talked about okay now we're going into phase two okay great but what happens if like right. we're, we're we're like phase two and phase three is just around the corner woohoo let's get you know let's get stampede going like it's gonna be those things and and nobody's sitting there going, but what happens? What happens if we put, you know, tens of thousands of people into a space that not all of them were wearing a mask and they're not all keeping six feet apart? What happens if our, our not number goes back up? 
Mm -hmm. What happens if our flattening starts to take a pretty heavy spike in the upper direction? Like that's, it's, that's right. And they're not talking about that. And that I had a disagreement uh, ish with someone on Twitter about that with, you know, the feds aren't, the feds aren't giving, you know, the feds aren't saying what needs to happen. Well, because this is provincial jurisdiction, because each region is different Mm -hmm. and the feds aren't going to say, well, everybody has to do, you know, X, Y, or Z. And the reason they're not doing this because every province is dealing with things differently and they have different numbers of cases and, you know, different uh, policies in place. But that is part of being an autonomous province is saying, this is what matters to Alberta. This is what it means for Alberta. This is what Alberta should be looking for. And it is too bad that, that uh, they didn't come out with that already. I would, I don't know, maybe, maybe Alberta Health has information on what they might be looking for. I haven't heard anyone ask that question. And I do sit through those news conferences. Well, <laughs> somebody tell the rebel that that's a good question they should ask, as opposed to yeah. where are all the communists? Um, Good God. <laughs> you, you did such a nice job of tying that all up, but I, you know, decided to take a pair of garden shears to them. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, that's, that's what I want to hear out of Dr. Dina right now. Right. You know, like, and I'm, you know, I'm glad she's uh, dialing back. She's not going to be there daily. Um, you know, I, I know. I think she does today, have other things to do. Yeah. Like I, I think Adriana Lagrange was talking today about schools opening in, uh, in September and the like. Um, okay. But the, um, but I actually want to know because at the end of the day, we haven't cured COVID. That's correct. We don't have a vaccine for COVID. We are not a island unto ourselves like New Zealand who can point and go, you know what? We've had zero cases for 14 days. We're good. Y'all screwed, but we good. Like it's, that's, we, we don't have that. And so I want a Merkel moment. I want somebody to stand up and go, we're being cautious. We're being prudent. Like we just opened up restaurants here two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, 50% capacity. Let's go. Like, like, but I want, I want to hear, like, if you're opening a casinos, are they insisting that somebody is wiping down the VLTs on a regular basis? Like how are, how are you doing those things? Because those things are not crammed six feet apart from each other. And so yeah, so I, I want I want to hear those things. Not that I'm planning on going to the casino. I know the gyms are opening here. What are the plans to change those things? Where's the insistence? Because at one point, you had to walk into a restaurant. You had to sanitize as soon as you came in. Staff has to do all these things. No more than six in a group. Fifty percent capacity. And as a Friday, that's like going out the window. Mm-hmm. Well, I think and they it, did keep they did keep that the tables have to be two meters apart. So I think that's where they killed that fifty percent capacity maximum because they're like if you you know if you keep the tables two meters apart we don't care how many if you've got the space for it then use it as long as they're two meters apart right we'll see yeah yeah i know i'm not uh might have gone out for dinner on uh monday and it was like didn't see a two meter space in the tables at that point didn't see an enforcement of people spraying their hand when it came in People weren't actually reading a sign that no more than three people in the lobby walk out. There's four. It's like, I just looked for hand sanitizer listening to you talk about that. I don't have any cause I'm in my house. I'm in my basement. 
Yeah, but that just made me feel like I needed to wash my hands. But but this is this is like this is if you're going to be independent, this is something to go be independent about. This right. is how we're going to set our so I can help tie it tie it back together for you. This. <laughs> This is what Alberta should be standing up and going, going, we haven't heard from Dr. Tam yet on what conditions are. And so we're going to set them for ourselves. Right. And there has a problem with that. Yeah. Go above, not around. Like (laughs) there we go. Now see if only there was an 80s song title that was go above, not around. Uh, Round and round rats. You spin me, baby, like a red. No, that's a different song. (laughs) Yeah, that was You Spin Me Right Round. Um, (laughs) Which has, I like it. I like the queen too. So, (laughs) so, so here, here, let's, let's pull the box of tinfoil out. Okay. (laughs) I'd say, so, so we've, we've covered all this from the guys that all this was done because it's Jason Kenny's way of becoming the next Grand Pooba of Alberta. Yeah or emperor, or whatever title we want to give them. It's like, we're going to have the independent state of Alberta. Yes. That's theory number one. What if trial balloon floated by Angela Pitt, former Wild Rose, former Wild Rose MLA, now current deputy speaker, what if she didn't float that balloon for Jason Kenney? Because there are other options. We have a party now Back by Wexit, mm-hmm. that is going to be from the Freedom of Conservatives to the Wild Rose Independent Party of Alberta. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, do it. Nipa! There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what if this is what if this is a bunch of people sitting in that caucus who are seeing an opportunity here? WIPA has already identified that they aren't necessarily talking about complete segregation from Canada. Right. Or would, separation. Yeah. Would, um, would the being an autonomous state within Canada fulfill what Wexit was looking for? And the Freedom Conservative Party. Yeah. We, we remember, I would have to say that it should and especially if they get to keep if they get to keep all the tax dollars that really seems to me to be the biggest part of it i mean they definitely don't want trudeau to be able to say uh you alberta as part of canada have to do this they they really don't like that and they're trying to protect themselves from that uh but but i i still keep coming back to it. it's all about the money if they get well, to keep more money here if they I think that that would. Well, but we're not arguing. We're not arguing now about keeping the money. We're we're now. Who, the autonomy. Well, like I who's think asking, who's asking it? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I know we've got a mutual friend who does not have a lot of respect for Angela Pitt, but she's put this out intentionally. It yeah. wasn't like to 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 accidentally reference South Tyrol. Never happened. You have to. Can, you have I, to look. Yeah, you gotta look hard for that one. <laughs> I've, I've hung out with a lot of political people. Not once in all the political conversations I ever had in all my life with the multiple parties I've been in did anybody ever mention South Tyrol. <laughs> I didn't even know that was an independent state until Angela Pitt mentioned it. Right. And then I had to go and look up what the hell she was talking about because I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. 
And the and thing the, is, it could, it could honestly be coming from either space. The UCP and Jason, and Jason Kenny, they want to keep that, they want to keep that group within the UCP because they are not a threat to the United Conservative Party so long as they remain in that tent. Right. So, I mean, I can see why Kenny might be like, but although, of course, he said that well, he wasn't familiar with that. You know, for a guy who knows pretty much everything, he's unfamiliar well, with a lot of things, hasn't seen a lot of things. I, I would disagree with that. You know, whether he's um, unfamiliar with Angela Pitt's actual post or unfamiliar mm. with South Tyrell are two different questions, um, <laughs> which he might have not answered either one. But the other thing to point out was, you know, it wasn't just that, that Angela Pitt, it's, it's not like she alone did this and that was it. Mm -hmm. um, it was shared by Drew Barnes. Oh, and and we did talk about in a previous episode that, you know, Angela Angela's still on the inside. She's deputy speaker. Yeah, Drew is not on the inside, and Drew is likely quite bitter. So mm -hmm. why is Drew sharing? Why is you know where is Drew all of a sudden deciding he's going to be the big team player and say you know what I'm going to help out my colleague Angela Pitt here. We're going to get this going <laughs> because that's what Jason wants us. That's not the motivation I see out of this. Oh, see, so, it took that little bit of extra information. Well, I was busy wrapping the tinfoil on. So <laughs> we should we should have a tinfoil hat segment every episode <laughs> because it's going to be fun. We're because we are specifically watching for this. You know, I, I saw someone who is um, who is definitely an NDP supporter. She's not going anywhere. But she even wrote on Twitter the other day, she said, how have there been no floor crossings yet? How is everyone in the UCP just that happy? Well, I mean, it's, it takes a lot to leave government. We did that episode, yep. what it would take. And, and until, there's, until there's a landing space, that was the one with Max, when yep. you said it, there has to be somewhere for these people to go. And while we you know, may have thought that, that it should come from the moderate conservatives. Um, that doesn't seem to be the space that might be opening up as a real possibility for some people to, you know, do their own thing out of the UCP. Yeah, I mean, we, we said centrist because really at the end of the day, a majority of Albertans fall into a centrist type camp. More of a Maybe moderate a little, conservative. Yeah. Moderate yeah. conservative, moderate leftist even yeah center 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 left center right yeah center-ish of some matter um <laughs> you know people could argue the ndp are center left okay um you you'd be hard to press to sit there and say the ucp is center right there oh yeah there, yeah so there's a there is a bit <laughs> of a chasm between the two parties so when, when you look at a bell graph where does everybody sit yeah centrist option seems to be the best mm -hmm. but if you use the playbook that you know preston manning wrote and, and while Rose repeated, um, it's flanking from the right is going yeah. to be quick, fast. They'll get the dollars if they talk about separation or independence in some capacity. That'll draw some people and people are already familiar with Wild Rose. And if you can point to the UCP and go, they're not any better than the PCs, which <laughs> all you have to do is look at all their appointments. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of folk that were in the wild rows who who are sitting there looking at this UCP a year in going, 
I'm not happy with these guys. Right. And they don't have anywhere to go. But if we're, somebody were to stand up, <clears throat> Drew Barnes, um, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden lead the Freedom Conservatives, then now they've got a place. Yeah. And, and to have somebody like a Drew Barnes character who, you know, was Wild Rose in 12, was Wild Rose in 15, if he's the guy who becomes the face of the new Wild Rose party, well, you know, do... It's, it's like going home again. Yeah. And, and I could see those, those grassroots activists will move very quickly. I think so too. And all of a sudden you're going to have a party with fundraising with the UCP currently <laughs> got a million dollars in debt. Um, yeah. They can't, they can't afford to uh, uh, lose donors. have, yeah, they're going to lose donors. And uh, you know, where's that money going to come from? So that, you know, if I, if I were to be designing this exit, this would be the time to go. All right. And I do like that. And I do expect that something will happen over the next year, especially because I don't think we're going to see the rebound um, that, that we need to see. And, and some of that, I mean, just even some of the Twitter polls and stuff where people are saying, are you going to go to the casino? I mean, granted, you know, that's not totally a reflection of real life, but there's a lot of people that are saying, yeah, I'm not ready. There's a lot of individuals saying, I think the government's moving too fast. And, and these are, these are uh, hometown. These are your hometown uh, Facebook pages and stuff where people are saying that they're not quite comfortable yet. So, I mean, we, as much as, as much as Kenny needs to get the economy going again, um, back to his conversation yesterday or his uh, announcement yesterday. So he had said that, that he doesn't want people to be afraid because the numbers are going to go up again. He says that's because of testing. Um, yeah. That's a line from Donald Trump. When you <laughs> yeah. do the testing, you get the positive results. Which... That's right. And that's the problem. So uh, Kenny said he doesn't want, he doesn't want people to be worried when the, when the test numbers go up. Uh, he did say, sadly, more people will die. And he did say that he doesn't want families to feel guilty about going to their favorite restaurant. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's pushing this in a way that's really gross. I can't believe all of those terms came out of his mouth, but, uh, Sounds like a, he's running for the lieutenant governor's role in Texas at this point. So, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's. And, but, but but I I get it. I get it. Economically, he needs this to start moving because we haven't seen what's happening yet. But this this is the problem: is that okay? We're going to get the economy going. Okay, opening up gyms and theaters and and restaurants at one hundred percent capacity. Casino. 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 Isn't going to suddenly solve a twenty billion dollar deficit this year. Mm-hmm. Like we're we've got low oil prices. We have got you know Russia and and Saudis have finally kind of started to work stuff together. out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. but this isn't like we're not going to suddenly have oil prices go to 90 bucks a barrel. We're not going to suddenly have, you know, downtown Calgary at full capacity. We're none of this is going to suddenly happen because Friday bars can open. Like, and, and that's, you know, this is all marketing and sleight of hand at the same time. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're going to tell a feel good story here 
um, try not to dampen it with death, okay? Like, it's, <laughs> like, he's trying to tell the story, but I think he's setting himself up for a greater failure, but has nothing. Well, and, and hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. I mean, Alberta did see more cases than BC, which was shocking to me, uh, but. Well, again, we tested more than BC, so. We did, we did, that's, that's true. Um, but yeah, we, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that we're just in better shape, that we're going to remain in better shape. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not sitting in a bunker, you know, putting fences up around my house type thing, hmm. but, uh, you know. that would be ludicrous. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping things turn around. I'm just, I'm looking at all the other economic considerations and it's like, okay, you know, can we stave off a couple restaurants not going under? Maybe, but maybe it's, that's not, you know, uh, we're opening up, uh, you know, for massage therapy and physiotherapy. And it's like, some of these people are going to be able to go back to work. Yes. But, you know, if you don't have a benefits plan, you know, because you're not working yourself, are you going to pay for all those services out of pocket? Nope. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, I think it's a false narrative coming around. Um, I don't think this has anything to do with the independence of Alberta, but. Well, but possibly, you know, sticking with the autonomy of Alberta. And, and the thing is, we do have a lot of autonomy because everyone is making those decisions on their own. Each province is looking at their own situation, their own public health officer. They're looking at their own data and figuring out, um, you know, what works best for them. But again, so we, we as a province already have a lot of autonomy. Right. In We're, my so, opinion. So this still goes back to the statement you made before is that this is all about the Benjamins. Yes. Yeah. And one part that, and one part, you know, can, can he seen his numbers tank? And so you got to go and round up the, uh, dangle this, you know, the carrots, government, Bring government, up the carrots. Government, government overreach here. And, uh, We'll take care of our own uh, criminals. Thank you very much. And, you know, it's, it's typical stuff that Kenny will do because he's seeing, like, all the other premiers got a bump when it was how did they handle COVID. Kenny mm-hmm. didn't get that. But, but Kenny was never elected to be that empathetic, caring premier. Yeah, no. <laughs> he was elected to be a freaking hard ass. Yeah. He, and, was, he was elected to fight Trudeau. Yeah. And so... When he fights Trudeau, his numbers go up. And when we have a pandemic and he needs Trudeau to be handing uh, out money, <laughs> yeah, his numbers don't do so well because yeah. you know he can't fight Trudeau on those things because you know what was the news article it was like Alberta's using like all the resources more. Oh money. yeah, yeah. So like, like <laughs> Alberta's getting more federal assistance than any other province. Yeah, like. so like. <laughs> We're the first ones to the trough, apparently, but uh, nobody. It's nobody all our money anyway. Yeah, no, nobody mentioned where uh, how that got filled. But Kenny would be happier if it was him that was filling the trough and not Trudeau. That's true. Yes. Well, but Alberta matters to him now. That's what oh, yeah. really. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what really counts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are there? Is there anything that we possibly missed in that conversation? Well, at this point, we've already covered. <laughs> 
Trump, his wall, uh, the lieutenant governor <laughs> of Texas again, the NRA, um, COVID. There were a What's lot wrong? of American references this time. <laughs> What's wrong with Dr. Tam? Uh, American guinea pigs. American yeah. guinea pigs. Yeah. The CDC, the FDA. Yeah. We, <laughs> wow. Angela Merkel. At this point, you know, New Zealand. I think at this point, the only thing we didn't cover was the Swedish epidemiologist who had finally admitted he was wrong. Finally. And he actually came close a couple of months ago. I did see a, an interview with him and he was kind of saying at that point, he said, you know, we've, we failed our seniors already. He knew that we didn't do a good job there, but, but the, the, the big, uh, I, yeah. I was just making the list. I didn't need you to go. <laughs> and, okay. and, and now we've covered him. So. Yes. And now we've covered Sweden as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah that seems like, that seems like a good catch up for the week. <laughs> don't stop oh, me we now. have don't stop exactly <laughs> Fairly, <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> <In> mine too <laughs> and we have our lockdown happy hour on saturday i'm still waiting for one guest confirmation so i can't it'll it'll be a surprise who's who's to here. us all that's right <laughs> 3 p.m mountain time on this week this in week. ab uh facebook page and political r&d facebook page I'm only watching one of those Facebook pages, so you're going to have to tell me what's happening on the you other You get to so. see, I only share it. So, so all of the comment, but damn, I didn't think about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. <laughs> and we'll see everybody on Saturday. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Political R&D. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes and Google Play, and please consider subscribing on Patreon for early access to episodes and more at Political R&D. Thank you.